Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today I'm going to talk about what to do or how to help your spouse work through their own triggers, because honestly, that's not something that I even really thought about until I asked on a poll in Instagram what the biggest challenge around triggers was, and I had an option of something else. And when there were a couple of people that clicked on the something else, and when I asked them further, like, what what is the something else? They said, my spouse and their triggers. And I was like, oh, that is a really great point. It's not something I have really thought to talk about before for some reason. So today I want to dive into that and give you five ideas of how to help your spouse through their own triggers in parenting. So number one would be just to model. So modeling is a big way that kids learn, but also we learn just as people in general. And so modeling what you are wanting to do in a certain situation of a behavior and thinking about yourself, like, are you getting triggered easily? Are you jumping to, you know, yelling or whatever, whatever it is you do when you're triggered? Because we can't just expect our husband to just be calm if we aren't, right? And so thinking about yourself first, it's kind of like that that verse in the Bible that says, you know, take the plank out of your eye before the speck in, you know, somebody else's eye. And so really thinking about, am I able to keep from being triggered? And then if the answer is yes, really modeling what that looks like. So maybe you are starting to get upset in the moment and you take some deep breaths and you proceed calmly or you know with more empathy and understanding as you are dealing with your child's behavior and just really thinking about how can I be modeling what you would prefer your spouse to do in these situations. Number two would be to ask questions of your husband and I don't mean in the moment. I mean, when you are alone together, maybe on the couch at night or date night or something. And I don't necessarily mean bringing up a situation where maybe he wasn't calm and then talking about it. I mean, thinking deeper and recognizing what happens when they're triggered and going deeper about that. Like, why are they feeling so upset by maybe your child not listening on the first time? You know, what about that really bothers you? And thinking about 
you know, even diving into their past a little bit more. And maybe you have talked about it and maybe you haven't, but how were they raised? You know, asking how was it for you when you were a kid? You know, what did your parents do when you didn't listen? You know, and really talking about what that looked like because we are never going to get past triggers if we're not aware of where they're coming from and thinking about them as we are parenting. And your spouse probably isn't doing that. You know, like that's not something we might we might um, react to behavior and then feel bothered that we yelled or we punished in some way that we didn't want to do and then maybe feel guilty about it afterwards. But it's not always second nature to think, oh, I was yelling, this situation made me really mad. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, this is happening. You know, it's like, that's not a natural sequence that we go through it's when we are aware and we want to change it that we start seeking out reasons as to why we're doing that and so our spouse probably hasn't gone down that route especially because you know dads husbands tend to not always but tend to be less emotional than us and so when they're thinking about emotions they've been trained you know not to have them and that's something that we need to work through a little bit and understand where is that coming from and more particularly that they need to understand where are these coming up for them from and talking about childhood examples and how that was patterned in them because then they can be aware of that, but then you can also understand more of where they're coming from and recognizing like, this is why my husband has these patterns because this is how he was raised. And when we can come from a place of recognizing like, my husband has been patterned for, you know, probably almost 20 years before we were married or before we were dating or whatever in this specific way, yes, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to switch that because that is our natural jump to when, when things create this pattern of reaction. And so just really being mindful of that and prompting questions so that you can gather more information. But by you gathering more information, it's also going to help your spouse to become more aware of, you know, his own triggers. Number three would be to reinforce those times where you are recognizing that either he stayed calm or he did something that really impacted your child in a positive way. So often we will, you know, maybe maybe our husband yells or something and we want to talk with them about that. Maybe we're angry about it. Maybe we are bothered by it and we make that known. But how often are you making known and recognizing him for the way that he is parenting and recognizing and um like bringing forward the child's response to that so i think you know it's always great to recognize things in your husband and uh, and share them but i think the added part of that is reminding him and bringing 
forward the child's response. Because yeah, we might see like, oh, they, they moved on or, or they're fine now, or that was really enjoyable for them or something, but it might not be something that's reinforced. It just might be something that happens and then we move along. So if you're seeing your husband, you know, say your child was going to start melting down and he scooped him up and did some sort of play that got lots of laughter, I would use that as an opportunity to say, you know, maybe not in the moment, maybe later at night or something when you are, (laughs) have the space to talk, but just saying like, you know, whoever was having this meltdown and did you notice like you started to play this game with him and he just started laughing so hard and it just brought so much joy to him and helped him work through that. Because I think that's really hard for us to do because we're so focused on, you know, that time that he yelled or the time that he couldn't sit through the listening session. And I think we have to be mindful that we might be stronger in the ability to sit through emotions, but what is our husband's strength? What are they doing maybe better than us or maybe just something that they... in Uh, as an individual is better at in in the realm of parenting in the realm of helping their child with behaviors and acknowledging that but then acknowledging the child's response to that so they can really put together oh when they were upset and I played that was helpful and then as you're talking about triggers and their response then they can kind of put together you know the response or if you can if you can stay calmer about it and not like accusing you can also talk about you know times when and and maybe you can talk about times when he wasn't calm and the response of the child but maybe it's also you talking about you know what today like we were home while you were at work and so and so did this I really lost my temper I yelled and it just like blew up in my face. So it doesn't always have to be a specific example of your husband doing the thing that you don't like, but maybe it's you doing the thing that you didn't want to do, acknowledging that to him and talking about the response of your child. And then, but tonight when he started whining and doing the same thing and you used play and he started laughing and it got him out of that funk like I need to do some of that play too or like that really helped and kind of talking through that and bringing those things to his attention so that it doesn't always feel like well I'm not the one that can stay calm and I always lose my temper you know bring forth some of those good things and recognizing um, how that is helping your child now if your child is coming to you and upset by what your spouse did you know, or if you're, if your spouse yelled and they're crying about it and they come to you, I would just, you know, listen through it and then explain the same thing that you would explain if you lost your temper. You know, sometimes, you know, mommy and daddy have trouble with their own impulse control and their own, you know, their own, like our ability to stay calm. And, you know, sometimes we need to work on that. And just explaining that as parents, we're not going to be perfect. And again, that's, you know, that's why we need a savior and just walking through the process of, I'm sorry that it hurt your feelings. 
you know, I understand you're upset. And then talking about how sometimes it happens as an adult too. Like we're not always a hundred percent able to stay calm. And sometimes we have big feelings too. And sometimes that comes out and just helping your child understand because sometimes I think we can take it like, Oh, we're scarring our child, (laughs) you know, but it's really in the resolution and resolving that hurt where you're going to see also some transformation, but helping your child recognize that they don't have to be perfect and be calm because that's not realistic. Like we are emotional people, whether we want to acknowledge it, whether we let our emotions out frequently or not. And I think it's important for our kids to understand that it's okay to mess up. We're going to mess up. We're going to, we're going to explode on people now and then, but here's the sequence of kind of how we go about that and helping them to understand that process because then they recognize I don't have to be perfect. You know, I don't have to stay calm every time. If I lose my temper and I feel bad about it, you know, I can go apologize or like walking them through what to do when it does happen and how that's okay because we are all human. And the last thing Number five would be to pray about it. Pray for your spouse. Pray for specific things that they struggle with. And then also reminding yourself to give them grace, more grace. Because when we can understand where they are coming from and recognize that they're being triggered and they maybe they're not aware of that, how can we expect them to just change when they don't understand what that looks like or that there's even something that needs to be changed? And so remembering that this is a process and that these triggers have been patterned in your spouse for a very long time. And if you think about yourself and how you get triggered, even if you are working on it, how hard it is for you sometimes to not be triggered and to know you don't want to do a certain thing and to do it anyways. And then reminding yourself that maybe your spouse isn't really on the same path and that's okay. And that maybe they want to get on the same path, but like this is a process. This isn't something where you're going to say, you know, oh, you need to stay calm and not yell. And they're going to be like, okay, (laughs) you know, like they have to really understand, reflect on the patterning that has occurred, what is coming up for them. And that might take several conversations or a lot of conversations with you um, away from the situation about what that looked like in their childhood and processing through some of those things in order for them to really think, like have the capacity in the moments where they are starting to become upset to actually start to think like, this is really triggering me, but here's why. And then to start to be able to like step away or, or whatever it might be. So remembering this is a process. This is something that has been ingrained for a long time and give them grace. And also I think we have to recognize that you know, what I said before, that like plank in our own eye versus a speck in someone else's. We often want to focus on our spouse and the fact that they can't stay regulated. 
when we don't either, you know, and we're never going to be perfect at it. And that's not the goal, but recognizing that sometimes we put so much attention on like, oh, they're not staying calm and they're not staying calm and they're yelling and they're punishing. And I don't want that. But what are you doing? And really focusing on working on yourself, working on your ability to manage your triggers and modeling that and then reinforcing how they're doing it and then asking questions and just really honing in on your ability to stay calm or or to work through those triggers because they're going to come up um, they still do for me but being able to recognize them and kind of work through the process and the last thing that I just wanted to mention is that while I know we would all love for you know our spouses to be able to sit and be calm and listen through big feelings just like we do it's okay if that's not their strong point. It's okay if they can't do that. Our child needs one person specifically who can do that. And if your spouse's strong suit is something else, that's great. Draw attention to that and don't expect them to suddenly be the best at listening. Maybe they're really great at playing draw attention to that and encourage that and then model listening model what you do to keep your calm talk about you know strategies talk about what you used that was helpful talk about what your husband did that was helpful to kind of reinforce some of those things and remember that it's okay if the listening isn't their thing Because if you are doing that, your child is able to work through big feelings and emotions and process through them. It doesn't have to be with both people. Obviously, the goal is that your child is comfortable to express big feelings with your spouse. And I'm guessing they are because that's why your husband is becoming triggered. And so as long as they're feeling like safe and connected and and comfortable in that way, I think it's, it's okay that they aren't going to be listening in the same way that you are, but really finding what their strength is and encouraging that. Because if your household is like mine, my husband's strong suit is play. Like he is so good at playing, that does not come naturally to me. And so recognizing that it's honestly, it's good if you both have different strengths because then, you know, my husband can take them and play when they're just kind of whiny and turn it around. And when they're really in the depths of meltdowns, I can sit and listen. We don't have to be equally good at all of them. And so just reminding yourself, it's okay if I am the one, you know, it might not feel like I want to be the only one, but it's okay. If you're like, I need my husband to be able to listen, my kids, you know, they need to know that he can listen. That will improve as time goes on, as you work on the other things that I talked about, as your husband becomes more aware of triggers and is talking through some of that stuff with you. But in this moment right now, it's not a necessity for your child to be able to sit and cry through a session with you. Um, or with your husband like they can with you. 
as long as they're able to do it with one of you, and maybe that's not you, maybe that's your spouse, um, but as long as they're able to do that with somebody, then that's the most important thing. And then maybe they're getting some of the other list or connection strategies from your spouse and that's their strong suit and you're encouraging that as they're working on working through their triggers so that listening isn't as difficult but it doesn't have to be you know their strong suit so I hope that was encouraging and helpful I know that it can be really hard when we are so focused on connecting and trying to listen to feelings and then our spouse is you know, maybe the opposite. And we have to remember that we are in a place that our spouse is not in. You know, our spouse maybe hasn't even thought about where those feelings are coming from. They're just reacting. And thinking about the process that we have gone through to get to where we are and how long that took. And remembering that it's a journey and we can't expect them to go from where they are to where we are just because we want that. And um, just reminding yourself that it's okay. It's okay. And it's going to take some time. But the more that we can model and encourage them along the way, I think the easier of a transition it is to get there. Um all the while kind of asking some of those probing questions of their past, of their childhood, of why things seem to bother them so much to kind of bring some of that awareness forward. And as they're more open to it, then you can kind of dive into it. But I think so often we just want to throw all the resources at them and like, this is what you should be doing. And they're just kind of like, whoa, you know? And so just really remembering in any situation, in any any you know life area sometimes we get so far from where we started that we just want our spouse to be there too and we forget the journey it took us to get there so i hope that blesses you i hope that can be an encouragement as you go forward and you're in the midst of behaviors and learning to manage them it is it is a process an ever changing process and just reminding yourself of your husband's strength and what they're really good at and um, going from there because the truth is we can get really upset by how they handle things but there's a lot of good there that sometimes we can forget about because we're so stuck in the negative so I would start there reflect on what it is that they do really well in parenting and go from that place as you maybe ask questions as you bring something to him so that you're not just always maybe attacking is not the right word but going after them in terms of how they handled something that you didn't like and starting from a place of what are they doing that is really helping your child or that you recognize is really bringing joy to your child and start from there if you are specifically struggling with triggers or if even if your husband's open to it um some may not be ready but if you kind of get talking and your husband's like yeah i really don't want to yell when our child does this go to the show notes and get my free resource the three-part um really short audio series on how to start 
recognizing and managing triggers. That is a great resource for your husband too. So if you have never checked it out and you're curious, check it out and then share it with your husband if he's open to it. Or you can also, as as he starts to learn about triggers, there are a few episodes about managing triggers that you can share with him if that's something that he's interested in. Otherwise, start with this free resource because it really is a specific focus on how to identify and bring awareness to triggers and then two ways that we can start to work through them and process them to actually really resolve them. So with that, I will talk to you in a few days. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josire and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.